live around the globe. It's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Email the program at info at rudymaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World. You are listening to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. I'm your genial radio show host, Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. The Savvy Traveler. If you're a first-time listener, let me tell you, I am not a travel agent. I'm a travel journalist. I do not plan trips. I do not help you plan trips. I do not sell you trips. I don't care if you go on a trip. Actually, I do. I do care if you go on a trip. I would love for you to go on the trip, whether it's in your mind, in your own hometown, or far, far away. That's one of the purposes of this show is to get you excited about travel and help you do it more wisely, smartly, maybe save a little money and have a little more fun. We take a very broad look at the subject of travel in this show. For example, in this weekend, in a nod to President's Day, we're going to talk national parks in just about three minutes with Leslie Quinn. He's a national parks historian with Zantera Parks and Resorts. Uh, Zantera Parks and Resorts is a travel and hospitality company that is the country's largest operator of park-based hotels, restaurants, and stores. Then we'll say hello to Rick Steves, my friend Rick Steves, host of more than 100 episodes of travel shows on Europe on public television, and the man who, who sells more travel guides than anyone else in the United States, more than farmers, more than photos. He's got a new book out packaged with travel tips you should know about. We'll talk with him about some of, the, some of his advice. And then later this hour, you'll learn about two interesting travel websites I think you should know about. One tells you if your hotel will charge you a resort fee, and if so, how much you'll pay, because you're not going to find it out on most websites until you get there. Another website can help you figure out how much you should bid for hotel rooms on Priceline.com and Hotwire. Randy Greencorn, who curates both sites, is in the house. He'll explain. And the longest snowmobile race in Alaska just got a little longer this year, according to Jack Boney of Visit Architecture. Or perhaps he pronounces it Bonnie, B-O-N-N-E-Y, Jack Bonnie. I'll find out. Plus, even more bigger cruise ships are coming into service this year. Cruise expert Janice Wald Henderson joins me to fill us in. But first, a quick look at some of this week's news and travel. Well, after months of ne difficult negotiations, American Airlines and U.S. Airways pilots approved a joint contract that will ease the continued integration of the two airlines. Ninety-five percent of the 15,000 pilots approved the new five-year deal. Buried in that 2016 budget proposal released by the, House, by the White House excuse me, this week, was a sharp increase in the passenger airport tax. That's the fee you pay for every leg of your trip when you're flying on an airplane, a commercial airplane. There's an 80% increase in the current $4.50 you pay for that tax on each leg of a trip. So if you take a round-trip the the round flight that requires a plane change, a family of four today pays $72, $72 in passenger airport taxes. If this increase becomes law... That'll turn into $128. As you might expect, the Airline Industries Trade Association is objecting to this increase. Airlines for America, that industry association, says right now American airports have more than $11 billion in unrestricted cash and investments on hand, even as airports continue to upgrade runways, terminals, and other facilities. And the Airport and Airway Trust Fund has $6 billion in uncommitted funds, says the uh, Airline uh, Industries Lobbying Group. It's its highest level in 14 years. Well, you knew this had to happen. Well, let me tell you about that a little. I'm going to tell you about it later. I want to get to national parks here with uh, with our guest, Leslie Quinn. Uh, Mr. Quinn, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thanks, Rudy. Now, are you a historian by training, or have you become a historian because you've worked with so many parks for so long? I'm afraid history is an avocation for me, but it's not, it's not we'll anything take it. I ever had any training in. 
We'll take avocation. We'll take avocation. How long have you been involved in uh, in our in these United States' national parks? I've mostly been involved with just one, Yellowstone. I've worked here 35 years this, this May. Well, that's. Uh, I think you got your Ph.D. in Yellowstone then, don't you? I know, I know just enough to get myself in trouble. Well, we just had a guest on the last hour who talked about a great family vacation would be go to Yellowstone in the winter. Um, is that good advice? Oh, absolutely. Yellowstone is a marvelous place to see in the winter, and it's nowhere near as crowded as it normally is in the summer. So for those who have shied away a little bit because of the crowds, winter's the time to come. And what would I I mean, is it, is it snow-covered all the time? What, what, would, what would I see if I came to Yellowstone now? You get to see a lot of what you, what you get to see in the summer, the notable exception being bears who like to sleep the winter out. Uh, so not, not too many bears around to see, but a lot of the other wildlife concentrate near the park's rivers where there's some open water where they can find some food and, and such like that, which happens to be, by chance, where we built most of our roads. So as you travel the park's road system in the wintertime, which you can't do in your own private car, you have to travel on snowmobiles or snow coaches, but as you travel those roads, there's a lot of great wildlife viewing to do just because winter happens to concentrate them near there. And is there snow on the ground even as we speak? Through most of the park, yes. Um, definitely around the thermal areas, there'll be much, much less snow. And that also concentrates some of the wildlife. Although the dead grass in the winter isn't as good feed for bison and elk and such like that, it's the feed they can find. And around the geyser basins and such, because of the heat emanating from the earth, the snow isn't as deep, so they can get to the dead grass easier. So where we have built boardwalks through the thermal basins and, and built our roads near them to see them, again, it's great chance to see wildlife while you're seeing the geysers and hot springs and the mud pots and all. And are there accommodations open during the winter at Yellowstone National Park? And if so, are there rooms available? We have nine hotels in the National Park, and two of them stay open for the winter, one in the north end of the park at Mammoth Hot Springs and the Old Faithful Snow Lodge at Old Faithful. It isn't the big, beautiful, historic lodge there, the Old Faithful Inn. When that was mm -hmm. built in 1904, there was not even a dream of a winter season, so it's just not insulated well enough for us to keep it open. But the Snow Lodge is a charmer of itself, and yes, there are rooms available, and it's a lot of fun to come and visit us. So it's okay. So it's not a case of you have to book months ahead as you sometimes do in the summer. I gather. Are there are there other uh, national parks who have lodges open uh, during winter time? There are, and, and as many that don't. I mean, some Glacier National Park buttons up for the winter time pretty much, but Grand Canyon and especially national parks where it's still pretty easy to get access in winter, the further south ones, a lot of those are open in winter time and have have plenty to offer. Like Grand Canyon in Arizona and California's Death Valley. I believe both of those have accommodation. I think Yosemite does, even though it does get beautiful snow, that Yosemite has some accommodations available. So lots of the national parks do. There's, we have President's Day coming up in about a week, and national parks were the idea of one particular president. We have who to thank for for this. Well, I, I don't know how much it, it was his idea as much as a bill landed on his desk and he chose to sign it. The, the world's first national park, which is Yellowstone, was signed into law by Ulysses S. Grant. Now, most people associate Theodore Roosevelt with national yes. parks, and Roosevelt yes. was a great conservationist and, and made his share of national parks himself. He was a young lad of about 13 when Yellowstone was created, so uh, he, he didn't have any, any say in that one. But he got the Antiquities Act pushed through Congress that allowed presidents to create national monuments with merely a stroke of the pen and was right. a great defense 
defender of wild places for for American citizens as as you know, I, I always associate Roosevelt with I always associate Roosevelt. I had no idea that Ulysses S. Grant created the first national park. Listen, that's, uh, that's fascinating information. Well, think about it if you're looking for a spring getaway or a spring break getaway. Leslie Quinn is a park historian for Zantara Parks and Resorts who manage uh, uh, many of the lodges at parks around the United States. Mr. Quinn, I appreciate your stopping by. Thanks so much, Rudy. Take care. Ulysses S. Grant, the first national park, signed into being. Who knew? Stay around. You're in Rudy Max's world. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk with Rick Steves right after this commercial break. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The power swabs five-minute challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for 5 minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. All coughs aren't the same, and neither are all cough medicines. Robitussin DM Max is a fast, powerful cough medicine with a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and relieves even the toughest coughs that can come with a cold. Wet. (coughs) Dry. (coughs) And hacking. Don't let a cough control you. Control your cough with Robitussin DMX. Soothe your throat. Relieve your cough. And don't suffer the consequences. Use as directed. Connect with the program, call 800 387 8025. That's 800 387 8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. Nice to have you here. And this segment's brought to you by TriCalm. Whether you travel or not, do you experience dead, dry skin? Well, between cold weather and dry cabin air on planes, that's a recipe for dry, uncomfortable skin. TriCalm works to soothe those skin irritations. In fact, a recent clinical study showed TriCalm is five times more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone. And it's backed by an itch-free guarantee. If it doesn't work, simply mail the tube back for a refund. If you've got dry, irritated winter skin, pick up some TriCalm. Easy to travel with, comes in a two-ounce tube, perfect for your carry-on. You'll find TriCalm in the white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle at Walgreens, Walmart, and CVS pharmacies. 
I'm delighted to have Rick Steves on the show. You probably know his name because he's got more than 100 shows on public television on great destinations, primarily in Europe. Um, Europe Through the Back Door is, uh, well, Rick Steves Europe is the name of the shows, but he's got uh, a series of books. But more importantly, he's got a new book out in his uh, Backdoor series uh, of books. It's called Rick Steves Europe Through the Back Door, 2015 version of his Travel Skills Handbook. This is a, what should I say, a PhD course if you would like to travel. It is jam-packed, and I have, uh, I have, have the book in front of me, jam-packed on tips particularly on uh, that focus on particular countries in Europe, as well as general travel advice. And that's what I wanted to talk to him about today. Rick, nice to have you on the show. Thanks, Rudy. Nice being with you. All right. You, I know you uh, are very, you speak a lot about travel. Um, you write a lot about it. And you have condensed, uh, I know in this book, a number of tips that are just gen- general good advice for the new realities of traveling to Europe, which, by the way, as you and I both know, is sort of on sale because the euro has fallen so far this yeah, year. Yeah, that's kind of nice news, isn't it? It is. Let's run through a few. What if, if I had never been to Europe and I just met you at a party, I'd say, Rick, I don't know, what do I, what do I need to think about? Well, first of all, you need to enjoy the planning stage of your trip. Uh, think of it as an extension of the trip itself. Get sort of in the mood for your trip. Go to, you know, choose your movies and your recreational reading with your trip in mind. Spend some time uh, thinking about a smart itinerary. I think it's been 10 years since I flew in and out of the same city. It just makes sense to fly into one city and out of another city, so you don't have to spend the time and money going back to your starting point. Uh, And then once you get over there, uh, you want to know what you can do in advance to avoid lines. There's more lines than ever in Europe these days because everybody wants to go to the same places. That's kind of one of the downsides of all this TripAdvisor kind of crowdsourcing is, oh, everybody's going here, so everybody goes there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Consequently, you have a lot of people waiting in a lot of lines. And my sense is that there's two IQs of travelers in Europe, those who wait in lines and those who don't wait in lines. If you're sitting in a line or standing in a line, you are messing up. There's a way around it, and that involves uh, uh, thinking in advance. And, and that's one thing I tackle in my guidebooks very carefully is how to get around all those lines. I might add, I, I think that what city you fly into might make a difference. And it's little things sometimes. I remember learning once uh, to rent a car in Italy is incredibly expensive because the insurance can be as high as the daily rental. And you have to buy insurance in Italy. You, you have no choice. Your credit card is not going to cover it. But somebody once said, yeah, fly into Geneva. You're only about an hour and a half from Genoa, right. you, can fl- you can drive right into Italy, and the, it is covered by the insurance you have in Geneva, which is much cheaper than Italy. And a lot so, of Americans forget that, uh, you know, there's really no border um, complications, and the, Europe is laced by super freeways, and you can get from Geneva to Milano just in a flash, just getting on the freeway. So uh, you're right, you can connect, you can correct those little uh, in, in, in inconveniences just by getting on the freeway. How do you find restaurants that are not tourist traps, to use a cliche. Mm. Well, I'm just working on my travel schedule now. I'm going to be spending four months in Europe, as I do every year, and I'll spend almost every one of those nights running around looking at restaurants for my various guidebooks, because we, okay. we, now we cover all of Europe, and the big part is choosing a good restaurant. And, and what I look for, Rudy, is a place that's in a low-rent location. I don't want to sit on the main square in a restaurant that's paying the highest rent in town with a big campaign to snare tourists. I want a little, almost a hole-in-the-wall place on a, in a characteristic street a few blocks off of the famous square that has a handwritten small one-language menu on the door. If it's handwritten, that means it's changing uh, depending on what's in the market that's fresh. If it's uh, a small menu, they're not cooking up all sorts of things that are out of season just to keep the tourist happy, but they're serving what is right and what they can cook up and sell uh, economically and profitably. And if it's in one language, it's uh, targeting locals instead of tourists. 
course, tourists are more than welcome, but you want a place that uh, uh, has a convivial atmosphere and doing a good, thriving business that's packed out with locals with that kind of a menu on the door. And you can bet then it's, it's going to be a good restaurant. It's one of my favorite things in, in my work is to go check out all those restaurants. And I've learned that uh, pretty much you can look at a place and see who's eating there and what are they serving. A big problem with a lot of tourists is we're hell-bent on having French onion soup when we go to Paris. You know, Well, that's, <laughs> you don't serve that in the summer unless you're serving it to a tourist. Uh, you know, uh, fondue is another thing that only a tourist would eat in Switzerland in the summer. I think it's really important to, you know, if the white asparagus are on the special for, for the day, uh, go for the white asparagus. It's not on the push list. It's what's the tastiest in the market this morning. If mm-hmm. the uh, porcini mushrooms are on the on the daily special, the porcini mushrooms are in, in season. If, if it's all about mussels and oysters, uh, you know, go for that. But I think a real trick is to eat with the season and eat with the locals. And another interesting point is you can look at a restaurant at 7 o'clock and it looks like a touristy place, come back at 9.30 and it looks like a local favorite. Uh, there's two different sort of clientele and the tourists eat early and the locals tend to eat later. Do you find that travelers, you have uh, something you call Keep It Simple Stupid, which can apply to a lot of things in life, but mm-hmm. um, it, it makes me think of travelers who try to pack too much in, who feel they have mm-hmm. to touch every single you yeah. know, monument or cliched yeah. place in a city. Do you find people trying challenge. to do that on the first or second travel? Oh, it's just uh, it's just uh, human nature is to try to do too much in a given amount of time, especially for us Americans. I think we have the shortest vacations in the rich world, and we've you know we have to fly a long way to get there, so we want to just see everything. I think it's very important to plan your trip and, and run your sightseeing days, assuming you'll return. Don't don't try to exhaust a place of everything it has to offer. I I'm thankful that I've got a lifetime of things yet to do in a place like Rome or 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 uh, Paris or Rome. I know when we're uh, doing our itineraries for our tours. We take a lot of bus tours around Europe, and it's easier to sell a tour if you promise everything in a given amount of time, but we're very careful to not be frantic and ADD about it and to, uh, you know, make sure that we're not trying to pack in too much into a day. Also, when you're planning your itinerary, you don't want to have redundancy. That's one really wasteful way of spending your precious vacation time. If you're in Britain, well, if you're in Britain for less than a month, don't go to Oxford and Cambridge. It's two versions of the same thing. Choose one no. or the other <laughs> of the great university towns and then save time for a hike up in the Cumbrian Lake District or, or to you know, uh, uh, explore the south of Wales or visit the castles up in the north of Wales. You want to have diversity in your itinerary. So you know, um, that's one thing I like to do in my guidebooks is to tell people flat out, if you've got less than a month in England, don't do Oxford and Cambridge. Do one or the other. And Cambridge is better than Oxford from a sightseer's point of view. So you know, now we're, we're given some practical information that people can put together a smart itinerary with. And I, I, would, I would add to that, particularly if you're traveling with young children, don't try to pack too much in. You'll have a much better time if you oh, just pace yeah. it and stretch it out. Yeah, in um, fact, there's a chapter in, in the new edition of Europe Through the Back Door that we're talking about today that is uh, sharing the, the tips you know, we've learned from decades of traveling with kids. And uh, we took our kids to Europe every year for, for their entire uh, childhoods. And, and uh, you learn a lot from experience. And I, I just really believe that's kind of the philosophy of Europe Through the Back Door is we, we're all in the same traveler's school of hard knocks, and it's okay to compare notes. You know, it's uh, why learn from your own mistakes when you can learn from somebody else's. So every time I get ripped off over there, I celebrate because they don't know who they just ripped off. I'm going to pack that scam and that lesson into my book so people will be heads up about that, and uh, they can learn from my mistakes rather than their own and travel smoother. 
I'm talking with Rick Steves. He's a travel journalist, uh, author, and uh, certainly you probably know his shows from public television um, called uh, Rick Steves Europe. His new edition of Rick Steves Europe Through the Back Door, a travel skills handbook, we might call the subtitle, for 2015 just came out. And it is a this thick volume, but it is very, very... I mean, you could read it in short bites, and if you're going to particular countries, you will find uh, specific recommendations from Rick. In it, it's not really a guidebook. It's, it's, it's a handbook on how to travel smart and some basic precepts, as well as particular advice for destinations. How, how much do you find the Internet of use to you when you're on the road, Rick? Or do you use most of it? Do you look before you go? You know, I, I probably don't use it as much as a lot of people would use it. I, I use it to supplement the information if I'm... I like to be online in order to, uh, you know, uh, uh, scout out options. That, you know, if you wondered what's the train connection or what are my various hikes that I might want to take, uh, you can get online to find out what's the what's the weather like before you go to the top of the mountain. Sure. You can sure. a lot of uh, a lot of tourists don't know that you know in, in Germany, for instance, every restaurant shuts one day of the week and it's not going to be Sunday. It's their Ruhetag, their quiet day, and you know it's a real shame to walk across town and, and realize there's a one in seven chance that you're going to hit it wrong. So you know I Thanks. like to use the internet to confirm things just to head off mistakes. Um, so, but I find that a lot of people are buried in their screens too much, and uh, I don't That's need to point. follow. A, I don't need to follow a GPS map to get around town. I, I just get myself oriented, and, and I just love to be there, in, in a in a timeless kind of way. I, I was recently filming in Venice, and we were trying to find romantic people on gondolas, and every, all the couples on the gondolas were taking selfies and. Putting things on Facebook and, and, and that, Googling things. I thought, where's the romance here? <laughs> that's what you'll find in the book. The book is Europe Through the Back Door, Rick Steves 2015 edition. Pick it up anywhere at ricksteves.com. Rick, thanks for stopping by. All right, Rudy, happy travels. Join Rudy Max's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for 5 minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1 800 204 1201. That's 1 800 204 1201. lines are always open at 800-387-8025 and stay connected with the program at rudymaxa.com now back to rudy max's world you're listening to rudy max's world where it's all travel all the time it is 33 minutes after the hour i hope you're having a pleasant weekend i'm glad you can join me to talk 
travel. Randy Greencorn is my next guest. He is co-founder of a couple of websites, uh, one called ResortFeeChecker.com. I want to talk to him about that in a moment. We'll talk to him about another one. But Resort Fee Checker is a place you can go to find out what kind of resort fee your hotel or resort might be charging you. You have heard sort of complaints on this show from me and others about resort fees because often they are not shown when you book a hotel room. They'll tell you what it costs per night, but they don't tell you, oh, by the way, there's also a $15 resort fee that may cover your use of a swimming pool or a health club or something. You may not even use those. Well, let's, let, me, let me get the expert on. Randy, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I sort of thought there was a movement a couple of years ago to get rid of resort fees, but I guess yeah. not, huh? Well, you know, resort fees are definitely uh, on the rise. Um, we're seeing um, them becoming a lot more prevalent. Uh, there's over 2,000 hotels now in the United States that are charging a resort fee or a similar mandatory nightly fee. And am I correct that they don't post so, the price you see often if you book on a, on, a, on a website, generally, if not always, doesn't have the resort fee on it? Well, you know, it really depends on the site that you book. Uh, Hotwire is an example of a site that actually does a fairly good job of posting the resort fee. Their parent company, Expedia, on the other hand, does an absolutely horrible job. You actually have to, you don't see the resort fee until you're deep into the checkout process. You've got your credit card out, you're booking your hotel, and then there's a little link that says, oh, there's also a resort fee. So mm. some hotels do it, or some uh, websites do it better than, than others. All right. So one good way to find out is if you're shopping hotels, go to Randy's website, resortfeechecker.com. You can type in your destination, your hotel, and see if they're charging you one. There has been, as I mentioned in introducing you, Randy, sometimes the things that are included in a resort fee, a guest never even uses. And there has been conventional wisdom. You go to the front desk and say, listen, I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to pay this resort fee. I didn't use the pool. I didn't use the health club. I didn't use this. Is that still a valid bargaining point for a guest? Can a guest get a resort fee taken off if they complain politely but loudly enough? Well, it's getting harder and harder to do that. I think the resorts have become a little bit more uh, dependent on the fees as a source of revenue. It's mm. happened to me once. You know, I was on a road trip, and I checked into the hotel at about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and I was going to be back on the road at 6 in the morning, and I just I said to the manager very nicely, um, I'm not going to be using any of your services. I'm here. I just need a room. I just need to sleep. And they actually waived the fees for me. But that was a few years ago, and I think it's getting harder and harder to do that now. Yeah, this reminds me of airlines and their extra fees. You know, you'll see the fare, but then it's like once you buy the fare, it's like, well, now you want to take a bag, you want a preferred seat, you want, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Let me talk about another interesting site of yours. It's called Hotel Deals Revealed. What I find fascinating about it is you show folks winning bids on Priceline and Hotwire for hotel rooms. As, as many listeners know, you can go to Priceline and bid on your hotel uh, or on Hotwire, uh, but you never know what others are bidding. You never know quite how much to bid. But if you go to HotelDealsRevealed.com, you can get a ballpark figure. How do you know, um, Randy, what people are bidding, what the winning bids are? Yeah, so this is, it's actually um, an online community. So actual Priceline and Hotwire customers who've purchased a hotel, come to hoteldealsrevealed.com, and they're willing to uh, share the information about their purchase, so, uh, how much they paid, and what hotel they received. So that um, sort of creates a little bit more information for people, so they're not quite as blind when they go into uh, booking a hotel on uh, sites like Hotwire and Priceline. 
Let me underline something you said um, that listeners might not know, that when you go on Price Center Hotwire, you can choose the neighborhood you want to stay in and the category, two-star, three-star, four-star, and they have definitions for that. But you don't know what exact hotel you're getting until you've already put in your credit card and committed to buy that hotel night or nights. And what Randy just said was by going to um, hoteldealsrevealed.com, you'll find out in what category, in what neighborhood, what hotels somebody got. And that in itself is very useful. Yeah, you know, it's not a, a surefire way of sure. figuring out what, what hotel, but it, it does help take out some of the risk because you know that uh, other travelers are getting a certain hotel and there's a good chance that you might get the same hotel. And how many folks do you suppose have contributed to your data uh, pile here? Yeah, well, we've had uh, over 10,000 um, winning bids submitted. So for pretty much most cities of the major cities in North America, uh, U.S., Canada, a little bit of Mexico and Europe, we have some pretty good hotel data for, for most of those cities. And you can actually just type in a city and go see what some folks have paid for what hotels in Priceline. I, I typed in Washington, D.C., and here's somebody who paid $76 for a Capitol Hill Convention Center, the Marquee Hotel, which, is, by the way, is a very nice hotel in downtown Washington, D.C. That is pretty fabulous. It was a four-star hotel, and that's a great price. And there's the date that the person bought it, which is February 7th through February 10th, which is uh, like now. So mm-hmm. you know it's a fairly current thing. I think I didn't know about this site, and I think, Randy, it's a, it's a great invention. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, so let me recap before we say goodbye to Randy. Um, If you'd like to know if your hotel is going to charge a resort fee, check out resortfeechecker.com. Well, use it to find one that doesn't, frankly. And if you're a bidder on Priceline and Hotwire for hotels, check out hoteldealsrevealed.com, both operated by my guest, Randy Greencorn. Randy, thank you for stopping by. Yeah, my pleasure, Rudy. Thanks a lot. All right. You're listening to Rudy Max's World Glad Yard. Don't go away. Rudy Max's world phone lines are open anytime. So call us at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Data knows you love posting selfies. Others might see a reflective surface, but you see an opportunity. Like right now. 
You just caught a glimpse of yourself and you like what you see, and you're thinking everyone else would probably like it too. Go ahead, you've got more data and you're paying less with Boost Mobile. For only $35 a month, you can take your selfie game to the next level. Parked car window, click selfie. Person wearing sunglasses, click selfie. Anything shiny, don't mind if you do. You, my friend, have no selfie control, and data's okay with that. Come to data. Get more data for less with unlimited talk and text for $35 a month, only at Boost Mobile. $35 plan includes one gigabyte a month of high-speed data, video streaming limited to 3G speeds. After applicable data allotment reach, data speeds including video reduced to 2G speeds for remainder plan cycle. International services extra. Offer and coverage not available everywhere and subject to change. State and local sales taxes fees may apply when adding funds to accounts. Offer network use rules and other restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com or in-store materials for details. Robitussin Coffequence number 29, the not-so-silent night. <coughs> oh. Sorry, hon. Oh, you keep waking me up. I think that's... on. it's 3 a.m. Control your cough with Robitussin DM Max Nighttime. It has a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and delivers fast, powerful relief of the coughs that can keep you up at night, which is good news for you and the person one pillow over. Robitussin, don't suffer the consequences. Use as directed. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world. Indeed you are. Jack Bonney lives up in Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska. In fact, he works for Visit Alaska. He's a hometown boy. He's from there. And uh, we got a couple big races coming up there, as we do every winter, because they celebrate winter up in Alaska. They don't hide away like some people do in some states I know. Jack, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, I have not heard of the Iron Dog. It's the world's longest snowmobile race, how, how, and it got a bit longer, I understand. How, how long is this thing? Yeah, absolutely. It's over 2,000 miles now. It, it goes what? from Anchorage what? to Nome into Fairbanks. So it is a, an endurance race in the truest sense of it. Wait a minute. 2,000 miles is like the distance between, I don't know, Detroit and Los Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all inside Alaska. It's a big state. Uh, well, and how long does this snowmobile race take? Do you let the, let the folks sleep? Yeah, absolutely. They do it, um, think of it almost like um, kind of a multi-stage, like the Tour de France. So okay. they'll, they'll ride for several days. Um, they'll take a quick stopover in Nome, and then they'll continue on to Fairbanks. So it's certainly not something they do all at one clip, but it well, is um, no less amazing for that reason. Well, how long, how long, does, it ta- how long does it generally take? They'll be over in actually a couple of days. They don't waste any time when they get out there. A couple of days for 2,000 miles? Isn't that amazing? Yes, that is amazing. Okay. And uh, so when does that start? Well, that starts uh, here in Anchorage on February 21st. And this is actually the first year that they've ever started in downtown Anchorage. So we're really excited to, to see everybody off at the beginning of the race this year. Is there snow on the streets so they can start on a snowmobile? Yeah, a, a little bit like Iditarod. We've, uh, we'll spend pretty much the entire winter making sure that the streets are cleared, and then we'll bring in a little bit of extra snow to make sure these guys get off uh, safe and sound. Just to send them off. How has the snow season been up there, by the way? You know, it's like much of the West, it's been a, a low snow year for us. Uh, thankfully, the temperatures have dropped, so a lot of the rivers have frozen over, and usually if the rivers are frozen over, then we're good to go. So we're, we could always have a little bit more snow, but we're in good shape right now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Snowmobiles will just zip right across lakes and rivers, won't they? 
Yeah, absolutely. In uh, rural Alaska, they're actually um, kind of the winter highways. Once they freeze solid, it's much easier to, to drive a snow machine on a frozen river than it is through the woods. Or trucks, I gather, from Precisely. certain television shows. There okay, you go. The, uh, the Iditarod Trail Sled Dog Race, that is an annual event that the... Well, well wait a minute. Before we leave the Iron Dog... Is there any are, is there any way there can be spectators? I'm sure there are people who send them off from Anchorage, but I mean, generally, is this sort of a lonely race? No. Well, this is um, really the start in Anchorage is one of the best times to see them because start on Fourth Avenue in downtown Anchorage. Um, so the, the race course is really pretty much straight down our main streets, um, and there'll be a series of events over the course of um, February 18th to the 21st. Um, Things like demonstrations, uh, ways to meet uh, some of the racers, and then uh, they'll have two days of a uh, competition called Flying Iron, which is kind of an X game style uh, snowmobile aerial Hi. demonstration. Hi. Just sounds dangerous. I, I meet these guys. I just want to go to sleep every day. I think oh, the, <laughs> the, the Iditarod, when does that start? How long does that take? Any new twists this year? Yeah, that's uh, always the first Saturday in March. So this year it's March 7th. And uh, again, that'll start right downtown in Anchorage. A um, couple of new things this year. Like I said, it's been a low snow year. So um, traditionally, when we have low snow years, they tend to be really fast races. Uh, last year, we had kind of similar conditions, and they set a record. Uh, the first person across the line did it in eight days and 13 hours. And what, what has been the norm? You know, it, it's gotten quicker and quicker over time. When they first did this race back in the 1970s, it took um, more than almost two weeks, really, to, to get across the line. And, and keep in mind, this is still more than 1,000 miles by dog sled. 1,000 miles, two weeks, now, eight, now, now less than nine days. What, what accounts for the increase? Is it better technology? Yeah, some of it's a, a little bit more established trail. Sometimes um, it, it's certainly gotten to the point where people um, are very, very familiar with that trail. You see a lot of veteran mushers win because they know um, specific points in the, the trail that can be trouble, and um, they've just kind of narrowed it down. Uh, I don't I think see. that technology has changed all that much, though. Wow, that is very impressive. Jack Bonney is uh, with Visit Anchorage, and he invites you up there for the— uh both the Iron Dog and the Iditarod Trail Sled Dog Race. You can find more details by going to visit anchorage.net. Uh, Do we have it right? It's .net, uh, Jack? That's right. Okay, visit anchorage.net. And how is the tourist season going? It's been great. You know, summer uh, is still our busiest season. Winter is a little bit quieter time, but we love to have people up because it, it feels like you're hanging out with the locals. If I flew into Anchorage right now, what would I pay for a nice hotel room for a night? You know, this is the right time to come. Uh, you're looking at... Um, less than, in some cases, 100, 150 bucks at the very most, and you would have your pick of the, the best hotels in Anchorage. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. My pleasure. The website is visitanchorage.net. That's Jack Vonnie. He's a PR manager for Visit Anchorage. We'll be right back in just a moment. Stay with us. We've got, uh, we got to talk about some of these new cruise ships coming online. To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back.
To join Rudy Max's world, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. 52 minutes after the hour, it's a February weekend in these United States. I hope you have some travel plans coming up if you're in a cold place and want to go somewhere warmer or, or vice versa. Or if you're a cold place and want to go somewhere colder like Anchorage or Minnesota or skiing somewhere. Janice Wald Henderson is a culinary travel and cruise journalist. She's a columnist with Porthole Cruise Magazine and a culinary editor for CruiseMates.com. And uh, she, is, she brings us news of new ships. Janice, I, I remember last year talking to you about new ships. Are, is there the capacity? Do we need new cruise ships? We actually do, Rudy, because cruising has become one of the most major explosive segments in the travel market. And these ships are filling. These new ships that are coming out, some of them are already sold out. And they're not are even these, debuting yet. Are these mega ships? No, they're not mega ships at all. For example, oh. you, you're familiar with Viking River Cruises, correct? Of course. Yes. And they are coming out with a new cruise line called Viking Ocean Cruises, which is a sibling. And so this is a big deal because it's very rare that we have a new cruise line actually debuting. And their first ship, called Viking Star, takes on its first guests April 11th. And no, it's not huge. It's 930 passengers, which would be considered midsize at this point. I like that. I'm surprised it's coming online in mid-April. I thought they just announced it a few months ago. I know how quickly time flies, Did we not? No, how quickly they build a ship. Did they keep it under wraps for a while? Or did we all know? Did those of you in the industry know it was coming? We knew it was coming, and they oh, okay. just completed sea trials recently to great success. But what's, what they're doing, what I, I really like, is they, they're very destination immersive, as they are with the river cruises. So all staterooms have verandas, which is great, so you see where you are all the time. You're just right there. They have a pool that's a glass-backed infinity pool, cantilevered off the stern. No. No, so you're no. really swimming and surrounded by your destination. <laughs> and check yeah. this spot. Check this out. The spa mm-hmm. has a snow grotto. So snowflakes well, what... are going to descend from the ceiling through chilled air. How cool is that? Well, just what you need. Where is it sailing? What part of the world? It's sailing through the Mediterranean. It, it's setting sail from Istanbul, working its way through the Med, and then into the Atlantic. And then it goes to Norway, May 17th in Bergen. So, and, and then it's so sold out, I believe, that they're actually, they have two new ships coming out the following year, exactly the same, because it's already shown to be so popular. Amazing. But wait a minute, you mean they're going to Norway after doing the Mediterranean? They're not doing the Caribbean in the winter? I don't know where they're going to be in the winter. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But I know that in the, sp- in, in the summer, in the spring, they're going to be in Norway and kind of redo that whole um, you know, a Nordic thing, since obviously they're of the Viking heritage. Well, there's nothing more I'd like to do in the winter than sail in the Caribbean and be inside the spa where it's snowing. So that's why I asked about the uh, uh, where they'd be during uh, during cold weather. Um, are there any other new ships coming on board this, this there season? There are a bunch of them. Windstar Cruises has taken the two smallest, older seaborne ships, completely redone them, they're now going to be called Windstar's Star Breeze and Star Legend. Each ship just has 212 passengers in keeping with Windstar's yacht-like philosophy, and they are debuting in May, this May. Wow. Okay, anybody else? We've only got about two minutes left, so 
Okay, no, here we go. Seaborn. Seaborn has a new ship coming out next year called Encore. All sweets, very luxe, and so forth. And the big news also is Region 7 Seas Cruises is introducing 7 Seas Explorers, which is coming out in 2016 and being billed as the most luxurious ship ever on the high seas. Just 750 passengers, all suite, all balcony, and check this out. If you got the big bucks, they got a suite called the Regent Suite, nearly 4,000 square feet of space on board just for you. It's bigger than my kitchen. Unbelievable. Book it. <laughs> Mine Book too. It. Now, you just got back from, from Borneo, Indonesia, Philippines, and Malaysia. Was that it? Was that, who's, who ran that cruise? That was an expedition. It was an expedition from Silver Sea Cruises on their newest ship called the Silver Discoverer, which are sister, the sister expedition vessel to the Silver Galapagos and the Silver Explorer. Just yeah. 120 guests, 96 crew. But what makes us so amazing is that, I mean, this is a serious expedition. You've got Zodiacs. You've got an expedition team that have at least one doctorate in all different specialties. This is a real expedition, but when you are back on board, you've got the Bulgari amenities, you've got a butler, you know, you've got champagne and goose down pillows. What a juxtaposition, because once you get in the Zodiac, you're like in a parallel universe. You are in the jungle. Well, we've only got 30 seconds left, but let me just exclaim, and you can agree or disagree. These boats are very, these ships, excuse me, not boats, these ships are very expensive to build, and it just seems like a lot of ships coming online, but you say the demand's there, huh? The demand is absolutely there. It's incredible. It is booming, not just river cruises, which is a, a big one that's booming, and sure. going to rivers in, in sure. places that, you know, Myanmar and, and other places that are less known, but also new liners and new ships and expeditions are huge. Well, good, good for the industry. I'm glad things are booming. Maybe the economy is recovering. Janice Wald Henderson is our cruise expert from time to time. She's a columnist with Porthole Cruise Magazine and CruiseMates.com. Janice, thanks for dropping by and bringing us up to date. Always terrific, Rudy. Talk to you soon. I'm astounded. I'm astounded. Wow. I thought maybe they might take a breather after a lot of new ships the last few years. We're at the end of the hour. Listen, I'd like want you to have a really good weekend and travel safely this week and come back and join me again next weekend. I extend my thanks to you as my listeners, to our radio stations who carry the show, to Jeff Ryder, my engineer, and my executive producer, Janet DeAcevito McDonald. Makes me look as good as she can. That's a tough job. See you next weekend. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.